Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E.com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. This helps me amp up the podcast finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Amy Rempel. Amy is married, a busy mom with two kids, and currently runs two businesses. One, as a holistic wellness advocate, she's also in the process of opening up her own online retail store. She has her degree in communication studies, is a certified exercise nutritional advisor, aromatherapist, and Reiki practitioner, She's also the best-selling author of I'm 30, Now What? And just released her second co-authored book called On Her Plate. Amy is a well-versed entrepreneur with 15 years of experience of either running or solely owning a business. She also teaches and trains women who are looking for a change or looking to add a sustainable business model to their current company, utilizing essential oils to further their purpose. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So let's jump right in. I feel like there are just so many health and wellness coaches out there right now that it's really hard for, uh, for an individual to figure out who they need or what they need. So with so many coaches, certified, and I'm sure there are some non-certified, but let's talk about certified health coaches and wellness coaches. With so many of them out there, how can our listeners begin to search for the right one? I think it's really based on individual need and what they're open to. Because I know for me, um, when I was sort of first looking for alternative uh, methods for my health, um, I started with a naturopath. And I found that was um, realistic for me at the time. It was like I could get my head around it, right? There's a lot of different healing modalities out there. And some of them 
um, you know, you have to have a bit of more of an open mind, especially with now what, what I do now. I've really kind of changed a bit. But, um, but that was a really good start for me. Um, I do really believe in the power of diet. And so um, that's why I went that route initially. So I, I really think it is an individual process and journey. But um, I would say, yeah, I guess I would say just to have to um, think about what you um, are open to and even just doing a simple Google search for what you're dealing with and maybe finding like, oh, this person tried X, Y, Z and it worked. Okay. I'm going to go look into that. I think that's a really good spot, uh, start. And even on like Facebook, there's really, there's a Facebook group for everything. So yes. <laughs> if you have something, yeah. So like if you have something um, specific, I bet you there's a Facebook group out there for it that I think that would be a great place to start because I think personal testimonials are really powerful. Um, when you know it's worked for someone in your same situation, then most likely it could work for you. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you with Facebook groups. I mean, you can end up in too many groups, which I yeah. have, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but exactly you're in a group with other people who are going through the same thing. And, you know, if they tried something that worked, then maybe it'll work for you as well. But I yeah. also feel too that when people find something like one type of therapy, for instance, then they stick with it. And I just know in my business that it, to me, it takes more than one single method to help my clients thrive. So, and partly because the body is just so complex as well, that mm -hmm. let's say we, for example, are trying to reduce pain, you know, so one method may not work to reduce inflammation continue on a continuous basis. Yeah. So I feel like there should be more complementary therapies together. Um, and I know that that can get confusing too, because a lot of people don't know like, okay, well, if I'm doing this, then what else should I do and what will complement this and what won't? So what are your thoughts on, on more than one therapy? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it's good to start with one, um, especially if it's newer, if it's a new thing to you to go outside of maybe like conventional medicine. Um, and that's, again, like that's where I was coming from. So um, the naturopath was a great way for me to start. And then understanding like how diet can really affect our bodies um, in different ways. I was dealing with pain actually. So um, that was the, a lot of internal inflammation. And then and then that kind of just like progressed. So then it was looking at like Cairo or massage, acupuncture. I really, I started using a lot of acupuncture for pain. So using like a more physical modality. Um, and then eventually it was Reiki. Um, and then, so then utilizing that, which is like, you know, a little woo woo to some, but, <laughs> um, but that's kind of how my, like where my journey progressed. So now I am incorporating probably like, you know, between diet supplements, um, I still do like massage and, and then Reiki and essential oil. So that's five, <laughs> that's five right there. Right. So I think there's a progression to it, but I, it's great when you can start somewhere, um, in your comfort zone, because then that will then lead to maybe something else that could be really helpful for you as well to add on to what you're already doing. Yes. And I love that you said add on to something that you're doing because mm -hmm. for me as well, um, I started with changing my diet. 
So I, I'm strictly plant-based, but right. as soon as I changed my diet and started cutting out all of the pro-inflammatory foods that were causing, I, I mean, I have an inflammatory condition. I was eating food that was pro-inflammatory. So mm-hmm. it became really simple to me once I realized, oh, so I have this inflammatory condition. I'm going to reduce the inflammation by eating anti-inflammatory foods. And as soon as I did that, so much of what I was going through, so much of the pain was reduced and also other symptoms in my life. But when I got that under control, then it was easier for me to branch out and start incorporating acupuncture and massage and stuff like that as an add-on. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by Reiki. So can you share with us what it is and, and some of the benefits? Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's really known as like an energy modality. So um, it's utilizing um, whatever you call source, God, universe, and angels, and utilizing like my own energy as well to help heal or support someone's health goal. Um, Even emotional as well. It's actually very, very, a very good tool for also. Um, And really, it's just about like, I just place my hands on people. And um, they have to obviously give me permission, though, to accept the Reiki. That's actually a big part of it. And and that's why I say like, um, I talked earlier about like having depends how I guess open minded you are, because you have to be open to something like Reiki in order to actually receive it. Like my kids, oh my gosh, like they're so open right kids are amazing like that yeah and they are. you know my son will have a headache or you know oh I hurt my shoulder or whatever 10 minutes of Reiki he's like oh it's fine it's better like so fast whereas like an adult is like an hour session <laughs> so what do you think comes so, yeah so it's- what do you think gets in the way you know how children just don't have those um I guess they just don't like they're 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 more easy to try things and they're fearless. Do you think that with adults, there's more fear involved or of the unknown or like, what do you think gets in the way of, of them accepting it? I think they're just more pure. Like yeah. something I've learned with having kids is they are a blank slate mm-hmm. and like what you teach them is what they know and what they understand and what they'll, what they'll take what they'll take in. And so I've been, um, you know, into alternative methods for a few years now. So because of that, like, so my son was probably like five. So for him, especially as a male, I notice a lot of males are actually quite like, my husband won't do Reiki right yet. Yeah. He's not there yet. But whereas (laughs) like my son is like, Oh mommy, can you do Reiki on me? I have this. And I'm like, sure. Like he's just, it's not even like a thing. Whereas I think when you get older, like maybe my husband, you know, he's like, uh, no, <laughs> like that can't, that's not science. That's not rational. It does, you know, I think that gets in the way that purity, that, um, faith even is diluted when we get older. And whereas like, you know, in, um, in Reiki, you know, you have the chakras and your crown chakra is what's opened up to spirit and that's right. kids crown chakras are just so much more open than ours. So yeah, I think that's a lot to do with it. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, with especially adult males, um, I was actually talking to uh, 
a meditation guru and she was talking all about how we were, I was asking her about the scientific benefits of meditation and Mm -hmm. she, she did mention the scientific benefits, but then she said, you know, it's not even about the scientific benefits anymore. It's about watching the change in people who are meditating and seeing someone come in looking a certain way and their whole entire face changes by the Mm -hmm. time they leave. And I mean, she's exposed to that so she can see it firsthand. But I think if you're not exposing yourself to that, especially a man saying like, oh, am I going to go meditate? No, I'm not going to go meditate with you unless his wife drags him there. But yeah. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not exposed to that type of, that type of non-scientific benefit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they don't understand it as well. But, there, but I shouldn't say all men because there are no. some men who are definitely yogis and they're into that. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And your son, for example, when he becomes an adult, that's yeah. just going to be the norm for him, which is amazing. Exactly. So, yeah. so let's, I noticed that, and I'm sure some of my listeners ha- can relate to this, but when I turned 30, which was eight years ago now, oh, me too. <laughs> I, I began to feel those aches and pains and albeit though, I was not plant-based back then. So mm-hmm. I was eating the pro-inflammatory foods and wondering why I was exhausted, why I was having all these aches and pains. So my body was a bit of a mess. But let's talk a little bit about aging and what we should be introducing in our, into our lives to stay feeling useful right around that 30-year mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I started feeling them around that age as well. But that was actually, I have a genetic disorder that causes, causes early onset arthritis. So that's a whole other ballgame. Yes, <laughs> um, it I've, is. Yeah, I was officially diagnosed with moderate arthritis at 32. Mm. So I'm 30, almost 39 actually right now. So, um, but uh, that's when I realized um like what I was eating was affecting that inflammation and the pain. So I think that's just, I think that's a really great place to start again is nutrition. Like I think that's such a good gateway um, to a more alternative, alternative methods. Um, And I think an exercise, like I think moving our bodies, like if I, if I was in pain, I didn't want to move, but man, I felt worse the next day. But if I decided to move, I felt way better the next day. So I think movement is really important for our bone health, for um, like our joint health. Um, And then, and then starting at diet and it's such, I mean, especially exercise and even like for myself, like it's, it's my, my one goal right now is getting exercise to be a habit that I just don't even think about it, just got to do because I find that is really hard to, to allow yourself to have. Um, so I think to start at like 30 and your early thirties, I mean, then you're just going to be in such a good pattern by the time you're in your late thirties that you're just going to feel better for it. Oh, definitely. And I think like what you were saying about food and ex- diet and exercise, I mean, if you're not fueling your body with what it needs to have the energy to work out, then that's not going to work out so well. And if you're not working out, then you're not releasing endorphins. Like those two, to me, have to go side by side. Yeah, I agree. And and, uh, again, with the diet, I would wake up feeling exhausted every single morning and wondering why. And as soon as I cleaned up my diet, I cut out um, dairy, I cut out highly processed 
foods uh, that were high in saturated fats. I also cut out a lot of refined sugars. Uh, that fog lifted. And yeah. it actually helped my workouts. I was still working out, but they were half-hearted workouts. So mm-hmm. once I cleaned up the diet, then my workouts improved and everything else just it, like that fog. You don't understand that fog when you wake up and you feel like you haven't slept. Meanwhile, you slept eight hours is unreal. And it lasts throughout the day. It's not just like the fog is, hits you in the morning and then it dissipates. It's all day. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I think it's just like, um, same with me. I mean, compared to even my, I mean, in my early thirties, I also had like a baby and like, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to know exactly what it was, but I'm sure it was a mixture of things. Um, but, oh man, I actually, um, my diet's always been fairly good, but it's the exercise that I would have problems with. And now that I've been consistent with it, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe the energy I have. <laughs> I, and I'm and I'm sleeping better too. Right. So yes. So I'm noticing that's kind of helped lift my fog as well. Um, So about, yeah, like I've been a vegetarian now for about a year and a half. Um, And that, I mean, that completely healed my hormonal imbalance, actually, which, um, my gosh, like talk about having a fog, like, you know, (laughs) basically there was two weeks in a month where I felt like normal Mm -hmm. and that was it. So oh I, my gosh, you, it's as if you're telling my life story because oh really? <laughs> I would have those two weeks where, and, and believe me, friends and family would know it. Oh, oh yeah. You're oh, back yeah. to, okay. you're back to normal, Jen. And then the other two weeks I saw, I also suffer from PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like PMS on yes. steroids. Yeah. And I was a monster for a week and then I was an emotional mess for the other week. And then the other two weeks I was perfectly fine. It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It is so true. My kids would notice. Oh yeah. Oh, were you getting your period? <laughs> and that's that's like a here. that's like a trigger word too. Are you getting your period? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually what my chapter is about in the book on her plate is called "Getting Your Menstrual Cycle on Point." Because what I learned was that that wasn't normal, but we think it's normal because it is such. It's like an epidemic. Like it's such so an common. issue. Yeah, it's just so common, but it doesn't mean that it's actually supposed to be like that. And so that's why I was like, I need to like dig into this a bit more and, um, and figure out like, like, what am I going to do differently? And, and it just sort of went from there. But that's what um, I was just talking to my publisher about it. And then she's like, you have to write that chapter in my book. Because <laughs> just of how many women we could help and reach because it is such an issue, as you know, and I'm yeah. sure, you know, you've seen with your own clients even. Um, but that's what I say. Like I've, you know, I've incorporated their supplements in there, some essential oils, but I'm telling you getting rid of like the pork, poultry and beef mm-hmm. completely revolutionized my health. Like, can I tell you a really quick story? Yes. What happened? Okay. So I became a vegetarian. It was a year ago, August 6th. Okay. Like I remember the date <laughs> and um, the first month um, I was like, oh, my period on time like that's crazy like I actually didn't become a vegetarian because of that I had no clue I actually did it because of more environmental reasons and my husband suffers from colitis so I was like we gotta get you off like let's just see how it works and whatever it helped him within 24 hours by the way (laughs) he noticed a difference um 
Yeah. But anyway, so, um, so the month happened and then my daughter's birthday was at the end of September and she's not a big fan of being a vegetarian. And she was like, can I please have real chili for my birthday? <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. I'll make you real chili. And I thought I was going to be the type of vegetarian that, you know, once in a while have some, you know, I'm at someone's house. I'm not going to be like, oh, don't make anything special for me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, I had a bowl of chili. I got PMS symptoms the very next day and I was 10 days early. I was blown away and I couldn't believe it. So I, I went right back to what I was doing. Sure enough, the next month, oh, I got my period. Like I didn't even know. I don't even know it's coming now. It's like, oh, it's, it's like a surprise. And then I'm like happy because I'm like, oh, I didn't even know. Because <laughs> I used to have so many premenstrual syndrome, like so many symptoms, right? Yeah. It, um, so yeah, it's a so relief. incredible. Uh, like just dropping the red meat and especially with your husband with colitis, my mm -hmm. husband has Crohn's. Oh yeah. Okay. When I went plant-based, I went plant-based for endometriosis and mm. you know, I was ending up in the hospital every single month with oh like gosh. the most excruciating pain that would last hours and, mm. and all, all this nasty stuff would happen to me. But I set the bar really low. I did the same thing and I thought, you know what? Either I go, it, my options were limited. It was like, get pregnant and have a break from the endo or go on the birth control pill. And I'm like, I'm almost 40. I'm not going on the birth control pill. That's ridiculous. Or take pain meds. And I'm like, well, none of those options sound good for me. Like, right. this is like, okay. And then if I, for one moment, I entertain the have the baby and take a break. And I said, but <laughs> after I have this baby that I don't really want right now, it, is the endo going to come back? And the doctor yeah. was like, yep. I'm like, so wait a minute. <laughs> How is this good? So yeah, it's just so, like a little break and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I set the bar very low and I thought, I'm just, I'm just going to go plant-based and we'll see what happens. And, you know, each month, every month that I got my period, it was, I was petrified because I was like, oh God, is this going to be the month? And every month I, it came and went and my PMS symptoms were reduced. Like I went off my anxiety meds for the PMDD yeah. because that was, that was non-existent anymore. And every single month leading up to today, I just, I wasn't experiencing the flare ups. And so when my husband, I never really pushed it on anyone, but when my husband started, it helps that I'm the sole cook too. So when he started <laughs> eating the food that I was making, his Crohn's flare ups started happening less and less and less. And it's just so amazing what changing your diet will do. Yeah. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to digest meat, especially red meat too, oh. right? Like um, yeah. my husband would actually say after he eats lunch, like if he does have meat, he's sweating. Like yep. he's eating like they call the meat sweats or something. Yep. Um, but he was, it was like literally his body was just working so hard to digest it. And that's, that's, you know, that's what kind of made us really seriously consider it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when people think that human beings are designed to eat meat, just think of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so yeah. you, you released on your plate. It's out now. Yes. Do you want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yep. my gosh. So we have a bunch of co-authors of all different backgrounds and educational backgrounds. Um, it's really beautiful, actually. It's She sort of did it like, um, sorry, it's hard to, but it's like a magazine. Oh, I love it. Like the texture and stuff. And then there's like these beautiful, beautiful plant-based recipes at the back and gorgeous photos. And uh, um, yeah, so it was released in, the, in late fall. 
And um, yeah, we're still just like doing um, some signings and doing things like this and just trying to get the word out there because I really, the, some of the stories in there for healing mm-hmm. as women is so, they're so powerful and, um, and they work. And I think that's the thing is like, um, you know, it's really unfortunate that a lot of our doctors um, aren't really trained in, in nutrition. Um, because man, like (laughs) we could do a lot of preventable medicine. Um, I totally agree. Can you send me the link to that so that I can put that in the show notes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll give you a discount code as well that you can share. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you, but I do, I have, uh, I did an online plant-based summit and I had the amazing opportunity to speak with, um, some plant-based advocates, so world-renowned cardiologists and uh, family physicians. There's one. There was one doctor, um, Dr. Goldner, and her whole thing is she's goodbye lupus. She was able to reverse her lupus with no plant-based way. nutrition and revert and and is continuing to reverse lupus in her patients as well. Um, and I think that that's getting out there a little more, but there's still so many. I mean, there's just so many um, family physicians who are still advocating to, you know, drink milk for your calcium. So I, I think the shift is going in the right direction. It is. It is. Yeah. Like look at the new Canada, the food guys. Yes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Super proud of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long time coming. I was like, oh, this is what my naturopath told me to eat like six years ago or more. <laughs> so, and right? now it's, yeah. It's but, amazing. And yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, like the people have spoken, people are now yeah. demanding to have more plant-based options. And I also feel that there's this big shift happening right now, especially with that food guide coming out, but there's this yeah. huge shift where people are now becoming aware of chemicals and pesticides and not only on, on their plates, but like just in the stuff that they're putting on your, their skin. Yeah. And, and they're, and like that's translating as well. And I started looking into that as well. It's like, well, I'm reducing inflammation by what I eat, but what about all this other crap that I'm putting on my skin? So I started really looking into that and I know that you're an aromatherapist. So can you talk about um, some of the ways in which we can what, let's talk about the big things that we should start to replace with a more natural version. And yeah. do you have like any sort of DIYs for us? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not a DIYer, so I've got really easy ones. <laughs> oh, yes. Neither have I. <laughs> <clears throat> I never have been. So yeah. Um, yeah, actually. So even I get like, you know, I think, I think when you end up doing something like this as a profession, it has to do with your own experience, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, um, my daughter was, so my daughter's 12 now. So when she was eight months old was the first time I realized what was being put into, um, the baby products, um, particularly the Johnson and Johnson baby products. I called them, I emailed them (laughs) and I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, we're going to be taking out, I think it was parabens at the time. We're going to be taking parabens out in 2016. This was 10, this was 2007 that I had um, talked to them. And I was like, well, then I guess I'm not buying your product anymore. And that was the start of it for me. And so I think um, what we put on our skins and what we clean our house with, that is huge. The chemicals that are in our house cleaners are 
hurting us and they're hurting our planet. And so um, that is huge. Like now using um, essential oils, I have two cleaning products <laughs> that I use and that's all you need. I have an antibacterial yeah. spray that I make. And then I have a, a natural window cleaner and that's it. That's all I need. So um, the, uh, the spray cleaner that I make is so easy. It's like um, about 20 drops of um, a blend called On Guard. So it's like an antibacterial blend by doTERRA. Um, about two tablespoons of vinegar and water. And you could do a drop of Castile um, soap. And this way, what happens is then the oil will, um, you won't have to shake the bottle if you have a little bit of soap in there to, um, to allow oh, the oil. emulsify. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so otherwise you can just shake it. You don't have to have the Castile soap, just shake it before you use it. And that's it. <laughs> that's my, that's wow. my DIY cleaner. <laughs> so easy. That's um, my can, kind of cleaner. Yeah. You can also use tea tree oil instead of um, a blend because tea tree is a little more accessible. Um, but yeah, as long as it's pure, you want to make sure it's really a, a really good sourced and pure tea tree oil, then it would be a good antibacterial source. Well, there are there different grades of essential oils? Like, is that something that, what, like, what's the difference between a grade A and a grade B? Yeah, so there's, um, it goes one to three. So a grade three would be like okay. the highest therapeutic grade. And then basically the differences is um, sourcing and testing. And okay. so um, you'll see like pretty much anything like on a store shelf will say do not ingest. And that's basically because they're a lower grade. They're not considered a therapeutic grade. And also um, they're missing um, a testing step. So they're not doing the testing for ingestion. Um, so which is a little bit questionable then because then, mm -hmm. well, then how pure is it? Cause you're still inhaling it and you're still putting it on your skin, which is getting directly into your bloodstream. Um, so that's what I always look for is I look for, um, a really good company that has integrity, that's transparent, that publishes their testing is really important and where they, where and how they source is great as well. Okay. That's good to know because yeah. I, I know some people, I, it's almost like magnesium. So there's so many different types of magnesium out mm. there. You never know which one to use. And with essential oils, there's different grades. And I, I think you're right. By doing your research, finding a reputable yeah. company, that's, that's definitely key to essential oils. Yeah. But, and even um, just so they work really effectively, like essential exactly. oils are very powerful. I yeah. can actually use them instead of antibiotics and they work. Like I have not had to, I've had, we've had two infections in our house, thankfully not very many, but two in the last two years that I've only used oils for, and we haven't had to get antibiotics. So, oh, amazing. Yeah. And, and you know what? Your immune system's probably like Fort Knox right now. <laughs> well, and that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, they're still not getting, like they'll get sick and their friends will be out of school for like a week and they're like two days usually is their max. Yeah. And it also can stop the spread. So like if um, it's usually my husband or my son who seem to bring stuff in, um, <laughs> but usually we can stop it at them or, yeah. or it's very, very mild in the next person, you know? So yeah. Which especially around this time of year, I mean, oh, you, know, you hear some families where people are like, everyone in the family is sick and it goes on yeah. for weeks and weeks. Yes. So you're opening yeah. an, an online retail store. I am. I am. Yes. Yes. So, 
Um, I can share a little bit, okay. um, just because it's not like official and I just yeah. want to do everything proper, you know, in terms of marketing, but, um, it's called oil essentials. Um, my daughter named it. She's like essential oils, oil essentials. Uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, oh, you're so smart. And it's not out there. I like Googled it. I checked it and all that. Nope, not there. So wow. anyways, yeah. So the company's called oil essentials and the idea is, um, when, what I find is when I'm using oils or I'm like, oh, I really wish I had this and it's not out there. So I'm bringing um, things to the market that you can't really find or that are very difficult to find. Um, so yeah, so it'll be an Amazon store. Um, and I'm actually getting a sample sent to me today of our oh. first product. So we're hoping to have it officially open by May 1st. So I'll keep you posted. Yes. Let me know. And we'll, uh, for sure. we'll share some of that. Thank you. Uh, final, final question for you, Amy. Sure. I love asking this question and all of my listeners know what I'm about to ask. And <laughs> the reason why I love asking it is it gives the guest a chance to reflect on their life as well. And I feel like reflection is super important when it comes to growing and um, just discovering a little more about yourself. But if you could press the restart button on your journey, what would you do differently? Hmm. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I think, uh, oh, wow. That's a hard one. I guess it's hard to say because like, um, sometimes things like kind of happen in that the way they're supposed to happen. But I guess I wish I had known a little more about healing modalities. Um, and even there were certain products i found out about after I had my, I actually had a double hip replacement in 2016. Oh my gosh. And I'm, and I know someone who suffers from arthritis like I do, who basically has healed herself. And I wish I had met her before, mm -hmm. but I hadn't. I had met her probably like a year later. And, um, so I guess like, I kind of wish that was reversed and then maybe I wouldn't have had top of surgery. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that would be it because that was a very stressful time. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And they had to happen like one after the other almost oh, because, um, gosh. yeah, like they were three months apart. And, um, at the time my daughter was 10 and my son was six. So, you know, they couldn't really be left alone yet. Like there was so many logistics. Um, oh. anyways. Yeah. So I wish that I could have either delayed it longer. Yeah. Um, also because of my age, like I'm going to have to get them replaced again within 15 to 20 years. So mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that that's, that's one answer that I've, I've gotten a lot and I have mm -hmm. to agree with you about if you only knew what you knew now yes. back then. Yeah. So I think that, that happens a lot. <laughs> and that's why I think that this is so important because as much as we think, because we're in this industry that people automatically just know about this stuff, there are so many people that don't. So just reaching these people will, will, will definitely change some if not a bunch of lives, but at least will change their, their perspective on, for example, whether you, they may be going into their cleaning cupboard right now saying like, Oh my gosh, this is all literally like straight up bleach. It's time, it's time yeah. to change this. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I love that answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on, Amy. You are oh, Thank amazing. you so much for having me. Yeah. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. 
I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the JenniferZ.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.